Good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of Hashtag Morris Mondays. I'm your host, Dr. James Morris, presiding elder of the Central Florida District of the Christian Methodist Episcopal Church and senior pastor of Carter Tabernacle CME Church here in Orlando, Florida. Thanks for being with us. I received a question that I want to respond to in this edition. Uh, the question comes from a young lady who says, Pastor Morris, I have a faith question maybe you could help me with. What do you say to a fellow believer that says they wait on God and will remain still in any circumstance? They say God has always provided for them. Even in a tough financial situation, the believer will not try and do anything to improve their situation, like apply for a job or go back to school. I admire the faith of people like this, but my thinking is, while we are praying and keeping faith, of course we have to do our part too. Am I wrong? Does the word of God say anything about this? Does trusting God mean to not do anything? Also, she goes on to say, someone who believes this way has also said, God is in control. There is no need for me to vote or watch the news or get the vaccine. When we do these things, it isn't because we lack faith, right? Thank you in advance for taking the time to help me gain some understanding. Well, I want to try to answer your questions for you um, this afternoon. First of all, let's deal with this idea of waiting on God. From my window, waiting on God means the expectation, or better yet, the confident expectation of a God-ordained outcome. Waiting on the Lord requires faith, such as central to Psalm 27, verse 14, that says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Patient, confident trust is the central idea of the psalmist's exhortation to wait. But this waiting does not mean, nor does it presuppose, inaction. You see, it's through patient, courageous, active, trusting, seeking, and praying that we learn to wait on the Lord. And each of these things requires action on our part. None of them, none of them involve idleness of mind, body, or spirit. I think belief in God then Doing nothing to prove that belief is dead belief. I'll say that again. 
belief in God than sitting back and doing nothing to prove your belief is a dead belief. We've often heard it said, God helps those who help themselves. While this is not, and I repeat, not a passage found anywhere in scripture, the idea is, however, arguably scripturally based, if you will. God will help his children. But this fact does not mean we sit idly by waiting on God to do something for us. His provision has never been a license for our inactivity. And I like to say it this way. God helps those who come to the realization that they can't do it themselves. That's the realization. And again, this, is, this, this waiting on God is not a license for inactivity. We are to do all we can in our own behalf and by faith watch God do what we can't do. Getting a job, securing transportation, wearing clean clothes, protecting ourselves from sickness and disease, so on and so forth. These actions, these, these, these things require action on our part. You, you also mentioned persons who believe that since God is control of everything, uh, there's no need to vote as well as no need to be vaccinated against uh, COVID-19 and doing these things to them who believe that way suggests a lack of faith. Let me, let me say this and be very clear about it. All the theological framing in the world will not convince a person to do anything or not do something if they do not trust what is offered or said. I found that in most instances, there is a polar opposite for every argument, especially when the real issue is trust. Most who will not get COVID vaccine or vote in elections, don't do it because they are distrustful. Distrustful of systems of governments, distrustful of medical science. Many vaccine hesitant persons are caught in the cesspools of misinformation and disinformation. And when people of faith are caught in such cesspools, they usually cite their faith as the reason for their inaction or 
the reason for their uh, disbelief. They, they rest on the fact that they believe God will solve every problem or at least help them feel justified in their inaction. They're the pro persons who will more often than not hang their hats on this scripture from Hebrews 11 and 16 that says without faith, it is impossible to please God. Listen, the vaccinated have not replaced our faith and our trust in God with trust in medical science. No, because remember, it is God who allowed and provided the knowledge, the resources, Yes, the ingredients necessary for vaccines to be created. And since we believe God is sovereign, God has the ability to use any and everything, including vaccines and science, to bring about God's will and divine purposes. So those of us who have been vaccinated, who are believers, we have not displaced our faith. We have not abandoned our faith. We just believe that God works through medical science. And, 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 and let's be clear, there must be no dichotomy between religion and science. There must be no separation between God and faith in God from the embrace of medical science. It, it, here again, the idea that performing certain activities points to a lack of faith is preposterous. Nothing could be further from the truth. Yes. To your question about those persons not participating in the electoral process. I, I think it's a shame because elections have consequences. Or should I say not voting has consequences. We saw that in the election of a president and we saw it here in Florida in the election of a governor. In the case of vaccines, we know the statistics of those who have died from COVID who had no vaccination. And those numbers are staggering and could have been substantially less had persons been vaccinated. But because many abdicated their responsibility as American citizens to vote, abdicated their right as American citizens to vote. We had a president who was and still is against vaccines, though he himself was vaccinated. We have a governor here in Florida who 
wants to tell people even now that there's no need for social distancing, no need for mask wearing. And, and as a matter of fact, uh, yelled at a group of school children and told them that they were being foolish for even wearing masks. Let me give you now, as I continue to answer your questions, my working definition of faith. Faith is action, action that has its foundation in belief in God and the truths that emerge from his word. Faith is sustained confidence in the promises of God. Promises that God will keep his promises. Since every promise in scripture is embodied in Jesus, our trust in him makes all the promises attainable, acquirable, and available for those who believe. You see, faith is acting on these promises of God, even when present situations and circumstances make those promises seem impossible and unattainable. Yet by faith, we believe they are. It's from this working definition of faith that I'll attempt to answer another question. There is a passage of scripture that for me is foundational to all these questions. Namely from the book of James chapter two, verses 14 through 17. What good is it if someone says they have faith but do not have works? Can their faith save them? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking daily food and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled without giving them the things they need for the body, what good is that? And verse 17 of James chapter 2 says, So also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. James is suggesting it is impossible to have faith without works. That faith, if it does not have works, is dead. Faith saves, but it must be a living faith. And how do you tell if faith is alive? By seeing its accompanying works. If it does not have works, it is dead. Paul also understood the necessity of works. For Paul, works defines the character of one's faith. And so he writes in Titus, Chapter 3, verse 8. This is a faithful saying. And these things I want you to affirm constantly. That those who believe in God should be careful 
to maintain good works. Continue steadfastly in good works because good works are necessary for our faith. Being still, waiting on God, trusting in and believing in God does not mean doing nothing. In Joshua chapter 3, the priests of God had to walk into the water before the water started to part. They were waiting on God. They were trusting and believing in God. But there was something they had to do in order to actuate the power of God. And that was to walk into that water before that water parted. In Nehemiah chapter 4, for another example, when word went out, that the temple walls were being rebuilt. The enemy conspired together to attack Jerusalem. But Nehemiah and his men prayed to God and set watch against the enemy both day and night. You see, for them, prayer didn't mean do nothing. Oh, they prayed, but they also posted guards and protected the walls, even though they prayed. Prayers nor faith replaces action. In Acts chapter 27, Luke records Paul's fascinating voyage to Rome and the shipwreck that occurred on the journey. When the storm was raging, an angel of the Lord, Acts chapter 27, an angel of the Lord appeared to Paul and told him that God had declared that all on the ship would be saved. Now, Paul didn't just rest on what the angel said. Paul went from the nether regions of the ship to the top side of the ship. He goes on deck and he tells the crew, many of whom were trying to jump ship so that they could perhaps swim to safety. Paul said, if you stay in the ship, you will be saved. <laughs> their salvation was predicated upon their faith to remain in the boat rather than to jump ship. This is an example of God's sovereignty being the springboard which nudges and prompts us to live out our faith by doing what in faith we must do so that what God says will be done is done. <laughs> let, me, let me try to say that again so that we understand this principle. These episodes of scripture serve as springboards, and there are others now, serve as springboards that nudge and prompt us, if you will, 
uh, to live out our faith in such a way uh, that what God says will be done. Because it requires some action on our part. Not inaction, not just waiting on God to do because God is powerful enough to do, which he is. But there is something that you and I must do in this process. And that requires that you and I put our faith into action. So to the questioner, my, my final thought is this. And its foundation is in Philippians chapter 2. In the first seven verses. You might want to read that. Christ calls us. Christ bids us. Christ admonishes us to take on the nature, take on his nature. And his nature is that of a servant, a servant's nature. And, and, and rather than looking to our own selfish interest, we should place great weight on the interests of others because we are created to be in community with one another. Therefore, we must consider the effects of our decisions on others and how they're going to look at us, those of us who profess to be Christians. They want to see how we're responding in certain situations. And so I would say to the young lady who asked the question, you might want to suggest to the person of faith who is the person of great faith that you've been in contact with, and that person from which you um, asked these questions today, you might remind them of even their responsibility because we are in community one with another. Well, I hope I've answered your question. And as always, shoot your questions to me. Hit me up with those questions. I enjoy answering your questions and your comments. And remember, heaven is watching how we respond. God bless you. You can listen to the latest episode of Morris Mondays via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and where other podcast outlets are available.